Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Can I Have a Word With You? Today, we're actually going to do what I call Can We Have a Can I Have a Word With Bruce? And so, um, how are you doing, Bruce? I probably should say hi and let you tell everyone hello. <laughs> hello, everyone. Hey, Heather. This is a great idea. You know, um, we've done a lot of these podcasts now, and and you had a great idea, and I'll let you kind of expand on what that is and kind of what we're going to do the next couple episodes. Okay. Well. So this kind of came to me when I was thinking through how much I enjoy doing these podcasts and all the topics we have uh, had a chance to unpack together. And then I kind of had a hilarious, to me it was hilarious because it just represents, I think, how you and I both think that we, um, you know, we have some things that we are excited about sharing and unpacking together. And so we just did our first podcast. I think it was maybe on change or probably on control, which would also make sense. Um, and then I thought, you know, we didn't, we kind of introduced ourselves, but then we just jumped right into the word. And I think it's funny just because we assumed that anybody knows why in the heck we have anything to say or what kind of uh, credentials we might have to even talk about this stuff. So I thought it might be helpful at least um, in my brain, I think it would be helpful for people to hear our individual stories and how we got to the point where we even know each other. Because, oh. you know, if for those of you who don't know this, Bruce and I have never actually met face to face. Well, face to face on Zoom, but not, you know, in person, in the flesh. And um, so I think, you know, I'm going to let you share your story today. And we'll kind of, you know, let people know a little more about you and how you got to do all the things that you do and how we connected. And then we'll do my story another time. That's, that sounds fun. So I guess I go first. You as they get say. to go first. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is, hopefully this will be, this will be fun. I, I really appreciate that we take kind of taking a step back and we're just kind of tapping the brakes a little bit mm -hmm. on all this, these words that we share. And, and so I, I guess I'll go all the way back to the beginning because I think it's important to, it's important for me to understand this mm -hmm. and, and so to talk about it uh, frequently because it molded everything. Um, so my very first beginnings, um, mm -hmm. when my mother went into labor with me, um, I had an older brother. Uh, when she went into labor with me, I was the second horse. Uh, she suffered a major heart trauma. Uh, the technical term was a dissecting aortic aneurysm during labor. Uh, she didn't know it. Uh, she just thought that, you know, pains and, you know, shortness of breath and water broke. And then in the way to the hospital, her leg was numb. Uh, she was riding in the back seat. A neighbor had, had decided to take us and my dad was in the back seat. She couldn't feel her leg. My dad said, well, you're just probably sitting on it wrong or, you, you know, you... well, she gets to the hospital and they wheel her in. Her leg falls off of the leg stirrup, one of them, her left leg, and she doesn't feel anything. And a nurse sees that. And the nurse says there's something wrong. So they take her blood pressure and her pulse and her pulse is lying, but her blood pressure is dropping. So what that meant was her heart was pumping like crazy, mm -hmm. right? But the blood was not getting through. There was a leak. So they C-sectioned me immediately. And there were two surgeons. We were at Yale New Haven Medical Center in, in Connecticut. There were two surgeons who were teaching at Yale who were visiting from Tulane University in New Orleans, who had just perfected aortic valve replacement. Hmm. So they called them over 
my mom dove into a 60-day battle to survive, which no one had survived longer than 72 hours on record back into the 1700s when they were started keeping records of this type of traumatic event. So she fought tooth and nail. Uh, we had grandmothers come in town just to kind of take care of everything. Everybody hustled up. Uh, there were 17 pints of blood she needed, and 15 of them came from members of her church. Wow. She made a full recovery. Lived till I was 22 years old. So she raised me with my father. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I didn't know that there was any, ever anything wrong or a problem. But I also didn't know anything except being raised in a household of gratitude. Grateful for the surgeons, grateful for, you know, the faith miracle, grateful for the community that came to rally, grateful for family that came in to help. And that's the way I was raised. I was raised in positivity, in gratitude. And my father had this crazy love of words. He wrote poems and plays. And Yeah. What did he did? He have a job that required that or what? No, no, he, that was his hobby. He was a business person. Um, and we moved to Florida and he went into public service um, in the school system. So he didn't, but he had that creative thing. And, you know, being a teenager and having your father come and say, hey, I got another name of a person. Oh, what do you, what's that, dad? You know, the person that always has a plan B, you know, his name's just in case. I'm going, dad, stop. Right. But he had all these names that he would use in his plays that were the characters jobs. It, it just, you know, this weird thing. And. And it flowed through me and it was kind of awkward, right? I kind of had the same knack. Um, so I say all of that because dad had a real positive power for words and mom was just so grateful. And that was fine until uh, 30, 25 years working with the company. Uh, I was laid off with 500 other people one day and it was this crush. Like everything in life was, well, if you're grateful and you're positive and you keep working, you know, you're kind of on this track of you expect you just take things as good things, right? Yeah, everything will go up and to the right if you do your part. Yes. Everything will go smooth. And, that's... and that was the first <laughs> real, what I call, bam moment in my life where everything got sideways real fast. Like everything changed from, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning into at 8.30 in the morning, everything was done. Changed different over. Like you leave, you're gone. Like, okay, now what? So that next morning, which led to my speaking, which led to my book writing, et cetera. I'll wrap this up pretty quickly. I You don't have to wrap it up quickly because this whole thing gets to be about you. Well, okay. So well, you just keep going. Well, thank you. So the <laughs> next morning, I, I woke up at this, after this layoff, and a one word was pounding in my head that I needed to be strong. Bruce, you've got two daughters. You got, you got know, All the stuff you think about that you were providing and lifting up for your family was gone. So what do you do? And mom's gratitude, everything's going to be okay. Dad's love of words. I wrote the word strong vertically and I just looked at the word and I said, well, you know what this means? And I just used the letters. Being strong means to stand tall, remain optimistic. Now go for it. So those six letters started something. I tried to be strong that day. In that process of thinking and writing and understanding, starting to understand that what I said to myself, the words I used, how I used them to myself and to others impacted a lot of things. And first it was just mood or it was, you know, my perspective on the moment. But then I started reading more and realizing that 
you know, our words are so important in defining our mindset, our beliefs, our thoughts, our actions, and then ultimately how things do turn out, right? So the best thing that could have happened to me was that layoff, although it took me a long time to step in and realize that, that mm -hmm. I was given an assignment. And the assignment was for 420 consecutive mornings to write down that word that came to me at the, in the morning at the same time, usually around 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning when I would wake up. They'd be, okay, what's the word today, God? And he'd put them on my heart. Like we all have gifts. God installed features to share, G-I-F-T-S. Um, and it just, it continues to come through me. And so ultimately I started sharing those with friends. And a couple of key moments in that transformation was, uh, well, one, I got an email or a text back from a friend who's a surgeon. And he was scrubbing for his, his surge, first surgery of the day. And I think I sent him the word calm catch a little moment. And he tested, texted me back that night. He said, I needed that text. I was scrubbing for a, a heart surgery for a premature born baby with a heart defect. And he said, there could have been so many things go different. And I didn't know until I got into the surgery that you texted to be the word calm and that helped me get through it. And when that happened, that's when I realized that this is bigger than me and I got to pay attention to this assignment. I got to focus on it and I've, I've just got to keep going. And that opened everything. It changed everything. It, it, it allowed me to really step in, I would say, with, with great confidence that being raised in a family of gratitude and a creative side mm -hmm. finally merged and melded together for a purpose in life, which was use this as a gift. Don't see it as just something quirky and nerdy because it really started impacting people beyond mm -hmm. what I could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. So you kind of see how God took all this, you know, when you say it was like the culmination of time or, you know, that you were, um, these circumstances happened for such a time as this, like everything up into your life kind of led up to you being able to handle that huge event and then take it and use it to help others get through what you went through. You know, you just, you had all the tools in your toolbox. You just didn't have a anything specific to build with it yet until that kind of clicked for you. Yeah, and you know, I struggle with that confidence thing. I, I struggle with the anxiety thing. I, I struggle with the things I write about. Mm -hmm. uh, and you talk about that a lot as well. And, and I think that keeps me fresh and on my toes because I haven't figured this out. I am on a journey and man, every time, every morning there's just, okay, where do we, what are we going to think about today? And, and, and it just is my way of starting the day is to try to write something each day that I can share out. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast and, and try to be the pebble that starts the ripple mm -hmm. um, because you never know where somebody needs something and, and I needed it. And God gave it to me at that time. I, I needed it the most. And so with that assignment of writing these down, it became, okay, now turn it into a book. Above the chatter, our words matter. I'm like, really? Like the only, the, the last person that thought I would write a book were my English teachers. I mean, I was not that guy. Me and, too. <laughs> you know, so, you know, we, we said, okay, let's, let's just follow the step and do the work. And I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And, 
then he said, okay, now start giving your books away. And I said, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) And so what we do is every time I'm booked to speak or any time I sell books to or companies or organizations buy books, I'm able to then donate my time for another talk or donate books. And I'm in Mm -hmm. the healthcare business. And so the first place I go is to the family services libraries of the hospitals I visit and see if I can meet the director and offer to put a book in their library. And, and that's just been the mission. And, you know, then he said, okay, audition for a Ted talk. And I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. Those guys are, those guys are polished. They know what they're doing. They've got their statistics. I'm just a guy who started writing some words down, mm-hmm. but um, you know, he helped me through that. And, and, you know, that's led to so many more things and it's led to you and I meeting it's mm-hmm. led to this podcast. It's led to, you know, our our desire to share kind of what we've learned or what we are learning or or what we failed at very honestly and hopefully, you know, very vulnerably and authentically um, to our audience. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I think that's how a lot of things in life get done is, you know, we want our lives to be easy. But when it's but the reality is most amazing changes in the world happen because people go through something horrific and how they got through it is what they, what spurs them to use what they, the grace they were given or the hope they were given or the strength they were given to use those things to encourage other people who are going through either things currently or at one point, like you were saying earlier, like it's coming life happens. Yeah. yeah. Life just happens. And at some point we all have some pain that we're going to have to handle. And you and I both are on the same page with saying, how can we help people handle that? You know, we've been through a lot and that doesn't mean we'll never go through anything else again, but we've found some tools and some things that help us get through it. And number one being reasoning it out on paper, somehow you're writing it out and thinking through it and letting that encourage you. And I write a blog and it helps me think through it. And then we, both of us could really stop there, but because we love God and love people, part of that loving people is to help people just point them back to our, the source of our strength and um, helping them have some hope in their situations too. So tell us about like, I know you do speaking and um, you have your hand in a lot of things, I know. So this is your time to tell us all about all those things. Yeah, I, I do this podcast called, Can I Have a Word With You with my dear friend, Heather Carter. I, know, I heard it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And you know, again, that was taking a step. That was saying, I don't know how, but let's go. Yeah. And you know, a step on faith. So yeah, I, um, I do a lot of speaking. I'm looking to continue to do more in all kinds of venues. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the power of our words, the power of our mindset, and I'm even developing this more into the power of our heart set um, has really just given there's there's so much search for hope right now and for encouragement and for just understanding. And I think there's a craving for learning, Mm -hmm. uh, which I have. And so the speaking um guesting and hosting podcasts uh working on i i don't have enough to say yet but a second book of some three or four different ideas popping around my head um i do a lot of uh speaking preparation work or or coaching uh because of my tedx um i I learned a lot during that process 
And so any, uh, we, we do some, some TEDx coaching to help folks kind of prepare and think about that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and any, any opportunity that I can, I can speak and, and kind of share the message, whether it's in a faith-based setting or whether it's in a corporate setting or whether it's with teams or individuals or companies that have merged that are mm-hmm. trying to work on their cultural definitions and things of that nature, probably the, the place I really enjoy is where I'm able to help folks who might not have access to what mm-hmm. I had as a child which is a loving home, uh, being raised in gratitude, um, being thankful for every day. I see more and more that that is not a common place that a lot of folks have come from. And it's really humbled me to be able to step into a situation where it's a, maybe it's a group where an organization of exploited women or it's, it's homeless shelters where we can just go in and a little nugget about some concepts around thinking and speaking and the words we use mm-hmm. um, just fills me up. So, you know, the corporate speaking really helps because it allows me to do the other where there aren't budgets and there aren't, you know, the same kinds of capabilities or resources. Um, yeah. I know for you and I both, we've talked about, you know, books are not ways, at least, you know, unless you're Bob Goff or Brene Brown or something, at least for me, I'm not making a load of money on my books because I am so and passionate about, and and you're the same way about getting the word out about how to think differently and how to have hope in their in people's struggles. That if someone even mentions they have any problem, I'm like, oh my gosh, here have a book, here have a book, <laughs> and just give my books away to everybody. People say, are you selling a lot? I'm like, I don't know, I don't, I really don't try to track it because I don't feel like that was why. I did this in the first place. It was to get the message of hope out that you're not alone in your struggles. You're not the only one. And, and the best way I can think to do that is to be able to give them a book and let them read how I struggled and things that God gave me to get through them. Um, Seven blogs later, I'm probably having the same struggle and maybe have a little different solution, but that's just life, you know, but you've used your, pain that someone could have used to give up or be resentful at God and the world for and become a victim. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to be strong. Yeah. Well, well, I I didn't know that that might be really a choice um, at the time. Right. I, I got this word, I wrote it down. And now what I realize is that situations we can't always control but we can, we can definitely put ourselves in a mindset and a heart set of, all right, what step will I take? What direction will I go? Will I go a woe is me? Or will I flip that and say, wow is me? I, mm-hmm. I'm bound, am I constrained? Or am I bound and determined or bound for greatness? Mm-hmm. There's just, and there's so many examples of the conversations that go on in our head and they go on in mine you know, backwards and forwards about an emotion around something. And mm-hmm. our words are the one way that we speak to ourselves, the one way that that script keeps going. And so it's just, I would encourage anyone that's listening to just catch a little moment, get calm and think about, you know, the words that we use in conversations with ourselves and conversations with others really mm-hmm. set the compass 
for the direction we're going to take. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that we got connected because um, just as soon as the first time we talked, I remember very clearly, I just got off the phone. I just said to my husband, I'm like, you know, no offense, but I just met like the best guy. <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, he just, it's like the male version of me. Like we just think so much alike and have the same passion to help people and to use our writing to encourage and inspire others. Uh, and it's not all just, oh, you can do it kind of talk. I mean, we definitely share our, where we are struggling and the strain. And I've noticed in my writing, and as you've talked, like you said, the kind of groups you are passionate about talking to are people who have lost a lot or but not or not ever been given many of the things that we have, like families or yeah. um, a grateful parental example. And um, what I found is that pain and suffering and struggle levels the playing field. Like it doesn't matter how old you are, if you're married or not married or it just or what social status you are, we all relate on that on the plane of, you know, worrying about um, our resentments and our fears and our anxiety and all that stuff. We all feel that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we have more in common than we might believe. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not like we want to get together and celebrate all of our problems. That's not the point. But the point is that everyone has certain things through their life and they may be parallel. They may not be the same, but they may have created mm -hmm. the same emotion. They may have created the same reaction. They may have created the need to make a change in their life. And it could be something as tragic as a car accident or something as seemingly not that big a deal as, oh, you just lost your job. But what I... What I've found is I've had to step into the fact that, you know, that was pretty important to me. That was pretty impactful. That was pretty emotionally draining and, and stressful and anxious. Not more or, or less of a description of the situation, but certainly more inside of my head and inside of my heart about, wow, I have, I have to do something. I have to think differently. I have to approach this. No one's going to come. The boats aren't coming to get me. I've got to figure, mm -hmm. take some, I have to take some steps. And I think we're all have been in that situation. So finding that relatable aspect is, is important because from there, like you said, we've got a framework and a foundation that we can now help each other. We can now have mm -hmm. a conversation that doesn't have comparison. It doesn't have judgment. It doesn't have, well, yeah, well, my problem was bigger than, no, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. Listening to understand versus listening to respond or even listening to agree. We have the opportunity to step in and say, I don't know how you feel. I don't want to say I've been there. But what I'd like to say is, what can we do together where I might be able to serve you, where I might be able to help you? And then mm -hmm. things come together and you're able to do that. And that's, that's where I feel the most um, fulfilled in life. Um, is can I, I mean, I had it, I had it as a kid. I had people lifting me up, encouraging me and that, that, that can't fall idly on me mm -hmm. can't. because too many times, whether it's that job or, or another job or, you know, Bridget and I lost a baby in between our, our, our oldest and our youngest and, you know, my mom's surgery or, or, you know, just things that we have en encountered in life. 
I believe, if we look at them the right way, are there so that we can help others. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yep. Well, we probably should uh, cut this off because we could, as we know, we can go all day, but you know, 24 minutes is a lot of us. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what that's I hear lot. from my family. Like you're, that's a lot. Um, yeah. But no, I love that you were able to just expand on kind of the why behind even wanting to do a podcast like this. And next time we'll talk a little bit more about my side of things and maybe a little bit more about how, at least how I remember that we connected. And um, because I think it's all the same kind of thing. And like for such a time as this, I mean, everything, just the timing of talking to our dear friend, Bill Schomburg and him connecting me to you and all of that. And the timing was just, I think God ordained. So I'm, I'm super grateful today for that. As am I. Shout out to Bill Shelford. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that a little bit more on the next. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, we're coming for you. Just so you know, you better, better be listening next time. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, Bruce. Well, thanks for sharing your story. And um, we'll talk to y'all later on. uh, Can I have a word with you? Thanks, Heather. Bye. See ya.